Welcome to the Artist Track Podcast. It's your artist friend Heather here. Hey, what's up? I talk about my creative process on this podcast in order to connect with you on yours. And today we're talking about the Enneagram. I am an eight with a seven wing. If you know about the Enneagram, that might mean something to you. If you don't, don't worry. I'm going to explain it a little bit. The Enneagram, just so we can just get real clear right off the gate, is not a religion or anything like that. I'm not trying to sign you up to my cult or anything, but it is a personality typing system that is really good, like Myers-Briggs or any of the others. It's very insightful because it talks about the motives behind why people do things and the desires behind us. And also it's good because it tells you what to do to get healthy and it tells us what it looks like when you're getting into an unhealthy place and it's just really informative. It's really good for my creative process. So I really wanted to talk about it. I basically think in Enneagram and my creative process is used to tune in to where I'm at and Enneagram helps me do that. So we're going to talk about it. I like how I kind of start (laughs) my podcast by telling you everything that's wrong with my podcast and also all the fears I have around my podcast. Uh, And that's not probably a good thing, but it's where we're at right now. So that's it makes me feel comfortable. I don't know why. But I think I need some podcast music, so I've been on the hunt for that instead of just jumping in as if you know who I am and what the heck is going on here. When I thought about it in my mind, I was like, Joe Rogan does that. (laughs) As if I've earned the right to (laughs) not introduce myself or anything that I'm talking about. So I need to work on my intro is basically what I'm saying. And I know this. And thank you for still listening, even though I don't have a cool intro yet. And secondly, I've been struggling with, I guess it's imposter syndrome at the end of the day. But really what it feels like is, how dare you think anything you say is anything anybody else wants to hear? That's literally it. That goes through my head all the time. Like, what are you going to talk about that anybody cares about? And I think in my head, I'm like thinking that I'm starting this podcast to give advice, but I'm not really, because I don't really feel like I'm in a position to be able to do that. And it's something that I'm just not really used to doing at all, so I don't feel competent enough to do that. And so I am purely documenting my process and where I am at at this time in my creative process, which includes my business. Because even though I am an artist and I sell my artwork, my business is just as much of a piece of art. I mean, I'm working freaking hard on that thing and it's taking a long time. And it takes a lot of creativity at the end of the day in a lot of different ways to pull it together. So that's something that I'm struggling with straight out the gate, imposter syndrome. And I'm going to talk more about that because it really plays into my personality. And I'm going to talk about how. So the Enneagram. Okay. A lot of people have been doing the Enneagram lately. It's become kind of popular. So maybe you've heard of it. I started doing the Enneagram about eight-ish years ago. Uh, was when a family member told me about it. And I've used it a lot since then. It's so helpful. So let me start off by just giving you like a quick rundown of what the Enneagram is. I'm only, I'm going to try to take like five minutes to do this. Um, It's just an overview and a summary of the personality test or personality typing system, I guess maybe we could call it. Um, So first of all, everybody should know 
At different points, sometimes we all show up as all of the numbers. And the first time you hear this, you're going to be like, well, I do this and I do what an eight does and I do what a two does, but, you know, I don't get it. So that's why I'm like, this isn't a religion. It's not like, um, it's not this foolproof way to build your life and your hopes and your dreams on. It's just a way to organize personality. And here's my thing. You know how everybody's like really against astrology? Well, not everybody. Okay. There's a lot of people who are skeptical about astrology and things like that. And I am not one that knows much about astrology. But what I have noticed is this. All the... This... <laughs> Enneagram has nothing to do with astrology. <laughs> Let me tie all this together for you. Every personality system I take, every personality test I take, every system I look into... I always come out the personality that is like bold, dominant, you know, bossy and powerful, in your face, extroverted type person. So like in astrology, I'm a Leo sun, right? That's my outward astrological sign. And even I was looking into other um, types of personalities. In numerology, which is bananas, it is all about how numbers are like the numbers themselves and you add up these num it's complicated it's a lot of addition i did it for you know just like one afternoon cuz me and numbers are not friends and same thing i was the same type of personality like my basic personality is loud and obnoxious essentially um which is the same in the enneagram and here's my thing i keep saying that here's my thing i believe patterns in nature repeat themselves right and that's really easy to see a tree branch looks like the veins in your lungs and on upward, outward into space. I mean, the patterns repeat themselves. You can't deny that. And the world is a very orderly place. Nature is very orderly. The way it works, everything flows. The food cycle, what am I trying to say? The food chain, you know, it all makes sense and it all works. Why would human personality not also be organized? Right? So that's a little aside from my skeptical people. Gosh, that took way too long to explain. I'm so sorry. Let me explain the Enneagram. <laughs> I will try to be more succinct and quick about it. So the Enneagram is a typing system. There are nine types. One type is not better than the other type. It's just that everybody is their own type. And then within that type, there's levels of health where you can get real healthy and real unhealthy mentally. Within, by the way, I am no expert at this. This is like armchair Enneagram. There are people who know a lot more about me, about the Enneagram than me. And you should go check them out. I will include links to all kinds of things. The Enneagram Institute is the place to start. But I'll, um, I'll let you know of other places that are really insightful about the Enneagram. Nine types. And within each type, you can, when you get healthier, you start to act like a different type. And when you get unhealthy, you start to act like another type. So they're all kind of interrelated. So the first type is type one, and that is the idealist. This is the type of person who at their best, they become judges and lawyers. They know right from wrong. They're very black and white, and they help people um, kind of 
be the best that they can possibly be. At their worst, they feel like their their biggest fear is that they're ultimately very defective and that they'll never be able to earn their way out of that so they can get very harsh and critical and um, nitpicky and obsessive compulsive about things a lot. But at their healthiest, you know, they ha- they're able to lighten up, have a really good time, be extra fun, and they can really help people be be better be better people two twos are really compassionate helpers they're the helpers they their core need is to feel appreciated and to feel want to feel needed essentially and so at their best they're very serving and they're very loving and they're very confident within themselves at their best however at their very worst they're very manipulative very needy victim-oriented, martyr. They play the martyr a lot. And <clears throat> and and they can try to get things from relationships that really is not what you should be getting in a relationship. Like they, they become really codependent on, on other people in their unhealthy place. But at their very best place, they're very serving and loving and they help people and they love every second of helping other people. Threes are the achievers, so they are the type of people who are going to go for the goal no matter what. And at their best, they're able to go for the goal but still take notice of what's around them and they're able to stop and slow down and kind of check in with themselves. At their worst, they become really narcissistic, really image conscious. They'll go for that goal and they'll sacrifice their moral morality to do it. Um, they sometimes lose themselves because they're so focused on working on a goal that they'll that they're trying to prove something that they won't even ask themselves, do I even want to achieve this goal? Right? So they can be really lasered in on something, but almost to a fault. Fours are your romantic individualist. They can be really rebellious. They're highly emotional. And just everybody's emotional, but they are completely at home in their emotions. Whether they're positive or negative, a four is like, I'm angry, buckle up because I'm going to be angry until I'm done being angry and you're just going to have to be here on this ride. And so at their best, they show people things that they never would have ever thought in ways they could never have understood. So they're extremely creative, just true artists in how they portray themselves to other people. Um, Fives are the observer analyzer. They're basically computers. They take in information. They memorize things. Their biggest desire is to be competent, to be useful. And so they'll collect all the knowledge so that just at the right moment, they give you some tidbit of information and then a person can say, oh gosh, thank you for thank you for that. They research things. They're like a human Google machine. And in their free time, they read anthologies about stuff that doesn't matter. <laughs> I say doesn't matter, but it's like, like 12 books on the Byzantine Empire, like stuff that's really random they know a lot about. Um, also, back to the four, they... Their biggest fear is that nobody will ever understand them, but their biggest need is to feel unique. And so they don't want people to understand them, so they always have that conflict. And then with fives, it's about being competent and useful. And and their information retention is amazing, honestly. Sixes, loyal skeptics. 
They're loyal to a fault sometimes, and they're very skeptical. They can be really negative at their unhealthy places and just afraid of everything. I'm talking like maybe going on the interstate in a car. I'm talking somebody knocks on their door, they might get nervous. Like little things they are going to feel very nervous about. And they're always going to be preparing for the worst case scenario in their head. So at their worst, that you can see how that would get really rough. But at their best, they're very responsible, very dependable. Um, doing that uh, risk analysis for people in a way and kind of providing that information, um, they're really it's really hard for them to make decisions because they can see so many different points of view. They're very balanced people very naturally Um, and their biggest fear is to have stability and a support system so they will do things that maybe compromises their morals sometimes in order to keep that support system and if it's unhealthy that's not good so they really need healthy to, to put healthy support systems in place sevens are there's nine by the way so we're almost done Sevens are happy. Their biggest need is to be happy. They don't, they want to be satisfied. They don't want to be bored. So they will try anything and do everything and everything's a new experience. They become fascinated about things. They're very, um, I need to take a breath. (laughs) They're very productive. They're very fun to hang out with. Storytellers, they love story. Um, but you know if they don't stay present they tend to just live in the future and just get really anxious about things and they can be really perfectionist and critical and they really avoid things that are difficult by adding to their plate and distracting themselves so something's not fun they don't know how to deal with something then they'll be like uh, this is lame and boring. Let's jump to the next thing. Or they'll start a relationship with a person and just kind of consume all the cool things about that person. But once that person starts getting routine and normal, they'll kind of, you know, back off and find something else that's interesting and new and different, um, which you can imagine can be really um, not a good thing to do to people. Um, but that being said, they can be really good in relationships. They it, All of these different types have health and unhealth. Unhealth unhealth i can't remember a better word for unhealth so let's go to number eight eights are dominant aggressive outward they project themselves outward they fill up a room they can be very generous and very boisterous and leaders like magnanimous great like joan of arc type of people and the thing about them is is they're very guarded and protected because they hate to feel vulnerable so they're in a lot of in front of a lot of people just naturally and they just feel like they have to protect themselves all the time and so it's really hard to get to their inner layers and 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 get them to feel vulnerable but when they're at their best they learn to lead by serving others and lifting them up and so they can accomplish really amazing things I feel like that's a good rundown of an eight. The last one is a nine. Nines are peacemakers. So they're very open. I almost see like nine, like their eyes are different. Sometimes I can notice physical characteristics, patterns in the Enneagram. And for nines, their eyes are just really open. They're the type of people that people will just tell stuff to them. 
like deep secret stuff that they never would tell anybody and automatically they just open up to these to these nines i know a lot of therapists who are nines no kidding and they can be very rooted to the earth i think of them like trees like they're very rooted they're very grounded they're very physically affectionate in a good way you know they feel things out they um however they're very supportive like a tree but however in order to make other people feel happy all the time they will disappear they won't distract they won't ignore they'll just completely avoid and get really they'll just they don't exist they're not their own person anymore and they'll slowly build up that resentment because people will take advantage of them but those people don't even always know that they're taking advantage of them because nines don't articulate that they would rather just be quiet and let other people make the decisions and then burn themselves out and then it's too much and they freak out like punch a hole in the wall or something and then they hate themselves for overreacting and then the process starts all over so they so they oppress more of their their own personality and opinions and wants and needs and desires but when they're healthy they're not so afraid to express themselves and they get really productive when they're unhealthy they get really slothful like lazy but when they're really healthy they get really productive and um yeah and just ready to be supportive and they speak their mind and they have like an inner a really like resolute inner confidence it's really beautiful i love nines <laughs> i love all i love all the types but i love nines my mom's a nine okay so that's all of the types now you might have noticed you could sound like a couple of types and there's a couple reasons for that one you could have a wing so a one could have a two wing or a nine wing it's not going to have a seven wing it's only going to have a one wing of something that's next to it so a three can be a three or three with a two, or three with a four. You feel me? So there's like different versions of that. Um, also, when they act healthy, they act like a different um, number. So like a two, when they're unhealthy, they'll act like an eight. When they're healthy, they act like a four, I believe, is you can double check me. Um, so you might sound like a few different types, and it's really hard to characterize yourself. I do not recommend it. I do not. I recommend talking to somebody who knows the Enneagram. Um, the Enneagram Institute gives a really good overview of the nine types. And like I said at the very beginning, we all are like that. All, all of us have all of these things that I just said, all nine things. However, there's one type that resonates more than the others where you're like, oh, I felt that. Like, yeah, that's something that I struggle with. And so... Now, I'd like to tell you what type I am and how that shows up in my creative process. So I am a type eight with a seven wing. And eights are the big, powerful, dominant, outwardly projecting people. And sevens are the fun ones that never want to do anything boring or lame ever. And it's true. And I, the funny thing was is that I thought that I thought all people were like that. I mean, doesn't everybody want to have fun? Yes. However, some people want other things more than fun. Like nines, they just want to be safe. And I'm like, forget that, man. I don't want to be safe. Let's go jump off something. I, I, I'm not so good with heights, but <laughs> but 
I I would much rather have fun than be safe or stable. Uh, and that's not always a good thing, but it can be fun. Um, and like eights, I just thought that everybody hated crying and hated emotions because I hate emotions. I think that emotions are weakness. <laughs> and that's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> but like fours, they're totally fine with it. They're totally fine with it. And I'm like, how? How can you just be fine with like bursting into tears in front of somebody? That makes you look weak. And if you have weak, then you have no, and if you look weak, then you have no control. And that's the thing. Eights like, oh, such control freaks, man. It's not good. Eights, nines, and ones are gut-centered. They're physical. They feel things in their body. Like they have a really good intuition. Uh, twos, threes, and fours are like shame-based. They're heart-based. Oh, um, eights, nines, and ones are anger-based as well. So twos, threes, and fours are shame-based. And also, they're very feely. So if they feel right or feel not right, that's not really a good way to trust something. Like an eight, nine, and, and a one. If you feel wrong, trust that. Um, five, sixes, and sevens are all head They're focused in the head instead of like the gut and the heart. And they are really anxious and stressed and yeah. So so the thing about being an Enneagram 8 with a 7 wing is that I, I mean, I generally find myself in a leader position easily. That doesn't mean I always try to be the loudest person in the room. But definitely when I was younger, before I started dealing with that, I was. I was extremely bossy. I was not so kind. You know, I was kind of like, I'm not a bully. I was never a bully because eights believe in like protecting people and they, they, what am I trying to say? Eight stand up for the person being bullied, but in doing so, they'll get in somebody's face and tell them what's up, and they don't mind doing that. So eights are called challengers, and so they challenge everything. And so they don't work well in systems that they don't believe in. They have to have total buy-in. So for me as an artist, you know, I kind of left my job because I couldn't deal with the system that it was that not the people but the system i could i couldn't change that system and it's flawed and so i at some point after a certain amount of time i just had to get out of there because it felt like i wasn't doing any good and i wasn't helping people as much as i felt like i should or could and i had to get out of there and do something different um but if you just listen to eight sometimes it see it's annoying because they question everything And that can seem disrespectful and that can seem frustrating and a lot. Eights are a lot. They're intense. And sevens are a lot too. (laughs) I have like a double whammy of being just a lot of a person. And I'm sorry to the people who love me. They put up with me. (laughs) So yeah, as a kid, I was very bossy. And I think that's why, you know, my imposter syndrome that I was talking about. I think that's why I have a hard time starting this podcast. Because I was taught at a young age that my bossiness was bad so my my wanting to talk to people wanting to be a leader was bad and it's not bad if it's done the right way and eights have a capability and a way to do this in a way that nobody else does when an eight acts healthy they act like a two 
They become very serving, very kind, very hospitable. And in doing that, they can rise up as leaders. Um, But in order to do that, they have to get vulnerable. And that sucks. And it can set you up to be attacked and to be damaged. And I think, this is tricky, but basically an eight at their best is willing to sacrifice themselves for the cause that they believe in. So if an eight finds a cause, then they're going to go all in on that thing. And if it takes their life, they'll do it. Now, that's different because there are some like a two- they don't have good boundaries. Nines do not have good boundaries. Um, so they'll be taken advantage of very often. And that's not a good thing. But an eight doesn't have a problem setting boundaries. If somebody has crossed a boundary, it's probably because either they let them in a way. They were like, okay, it's okay if I give my time right now. So it's not really a boundary that they cross or it's just like a really terrible situation. I mean, obviously there's really bad situations, but I'm just talking about kind of everyday interaction with others. So yeah, I think that plays into my imposter syndrome because I basically, when I start a podcast and I videotape it, I'm putting myself out there. And a part of that is kind of associated like Heather, just stop being so much. Can you just chill out? Because that's what people are telling me. Like, calm down, chill out. And there really wasn't a place to have these feelings because I didn't want to have them. Other people didn't want to have them because I project outwards. I don't keep it all in. Like fives, they've got this inner world that they live in and it's happy in there. And, you know, they're fine. But I project all my stuff out. And in fact, when an eight starts like shutting down, which I do, I, I think of it like um, like a skyscraper and all the windows start turning off and I can't and I kind of like go within. That is a terrible place for an eight to be. And it causes bad things to happen. They will, they will take things out on other people. Um, and it's bad. So... <clears throat> If you look on the Enneagram Institute, it talks about like health and and unhealth. The levels of integration is what they call it. And so you can see the indicators of your... It was really eye-opening to be like, okay, I notice I'm doing this behavior and that's an indicator that something's not right. Whereas normally I would just be reacting to things. So it really helped me to understand that. And then as far as being um, an artist, you know, that's everything I do with my art is trying to counteract that eight thing that I do where I don't want to be vulnerable. I want to be powerful. I want to like put myself in a position that I'm in charge of everybody because then I have the control of things. And ultimately, I need to not have the control. I need to say my words and let them go out on a podcast. I need to paint my pictures and let other people decide what they do with them. And that's how I show up best. Okay, so my seven wing is it's also it's an equal part of me it's i'm an eight with a seven there's an eight and there's an eight with a seven and it's weird how they like kind of blend and i think everybody's different so sevens um also have difficult emotions which is why when i'm painting that's what i need to focus on more than anything and um my my painting and my creativity really is to kind of counteract the things about my personality that are negative And it's really good for that for me. Um, But there's a lot of self-doubt. I second guess everything, which is why I start my podcast with all the things I'm doing wrong. (laughs) 
<laughs> because after I finish this podcast, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have said it that way. Oh, you're so dumb. And I know a lot of people do that. But I think um, also like I think about the future so much that sometimes I don't live right here and right now. And so like in the morning, I pretty much know how my day is going to be. Like I'm so not present in the moment. Like I I try to just drink my tea and look out the window sometimes. And it's just, I can do that for like three seconds before I'm like, oh, but, and I get distracted by my phone or whatever. It's so hard. Medi- meditating is so hard for sevens for everybody, but, um, but also a really good practice. And so painting is very meditative because it involves more than one thing sevens like to multitask if i sit and do one thing especially if it's kind of boring even if it's like watch a movie that's semi-interesting i will fall asleep because i'm just bored and i can't handle it (laughs) if i'm listening to a speaker i'm also doodling because i can't just do one thing at one time i have to be doing a lot at one time well painting is great because you're painting so it's really hard for a seven to stay present and that causes a lot of problems but when you're when you're painting you're not thinking so much you're doing so you've got the colors in front of you you've got the canvas you're holding something it really appeals to a lot of different senses and that helps me to not overthink things and it helps me to get into kind of this state of flow that's pretty meditative without just having to sit there and do nothing another part of this being an eight with a seven is just being so overly extroverted i mean i don't think there are more extroverted personality types maybe someone can correct me if i'm wrong but and by extroverted i mean very interested in your external environment and needing that to look good and be beautiful and be inspiring which is why I paint you know it's why I create beautiful things and even when I wasn't painting I needed to decorate my space with whatever I could find that inspired me and that's kind of what I bring to the table I think more than anything so extroverts are really concerned with the space around them as well as people and I do when a seven is at their best they act like a five which is they get totally fascinated about something and they just want to learn everything they can about somebody and be present and sit with them in the moment so that is my favorite thing to do is to just talk to somebody about the stuff that makes them weird and the thing about being overly extroverted okay i hear a lot of things that's like what to do if you're introverted how to run a business if you're introverted how to be in a social situation if you're an introvert and you're just so stuck inside yourself that it's hard to get out and and i think that what introverts maybe um don't realize is that i i think they're so busy frustrated with themselves this is what i gather because i hear a lot of introverts being really frustrated that they're introverts first of all even as an extrovert like i'm an awkward mess I might meet somebody and be completely tripping over my words and just be weird and I wish I could be cooler than I was, but I'm so extroverted and excited to meet you and excited that for one second you're giving me your attention. 
like, what? I love attention so much. So I get caught up in all that and I get super awkward all the time. I'm just a nervous bundle of energy. And I think what introverts don't realize though is that we like you. <laughs> like you don't have to be an extrovert for an extrovert to like you. My biggest concern is that I make introverts feel uncomfortable. So I've learned and I try to really kind of gauge where the other person is at. Like, I just met this person. Is it time to go in for a hug? Should I talk about the fact that it would be really cool if we all lived in a commune and just bought like a big neighborhood and like raised our families and and everybody lived happily ever after? (laughs) Is this a good time for that? Or should I maybe back up a little bit and feel out the situation? I know that as a less mature me, I just kind of steamroll and and then I'll just start talking and then I'm like in in the back of my head I'm like you're you're talking so much. Th- this person cannot even get a word in edgeways and when they do, you're interrupting them so much. Like, duh, calm down. Stop attacking verbally attacking this person with your love. Please, stop. <laughs> I would get so, when I was in college, I would get so stressed to walk from one side of the campus to the other, because if you see somebody you kind of know, maybe you had a class with them like four semesters ago, but like you remember them, but like do they remember you? So you just say hi, or do you just like, do you just keep walking and ignore them? Or do you stop and talk to them? And what if they want to stop and you don't stop and then you feel like a total jerk? I would get to be such a mess and my seven would just think of like all the possibilities of what you know what was going to happen and so I I'm as an extrovert very awkward not necessarily good at social interactions maybe I've had more practice at social interactions but I'm not necessarily good at it and at the same time there's people that I meet that I put my guard up pretty quickly and I'm kind of like Please, please do not pass, you know, please do not pass my bubble. I, I really, I I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but sometimes I get a vibe from somebody and it really, the walls go up and I am a lot more guarded. So it's not like I'm like that with every single person in the entire world. There are some people, I don't know what it is, but uh, there are some people that make me, and it's not the people you would think. Like, I I don't really feel that way about, like, criminals. I feel that way (laughs) about, like, judgy people. I don't, because I'm, as an eight, like, the type of person that sticks up for the people who who are being bullied. So if I find a person that seems like a bully, I'm like, I'm watching you and don't mess with me. And also, it's not not great. Like, I, I shouldn't treat people like that. I shouldn't judge people like that. But I do sometimes. I'm just saying, I'm being honest. I'm not a perfect person, people. Okay. Um, So yeah. And the other thing I want introverts to know is we like you. Like take your time to form your sentences. And even like if you want to be like, okay, I just need a second. Like, (laughs) Like back up for a second. Like you could say it nice. You don't have to be mean. But like if an introvert is like, okay, I just need a second to think about, or I'm just feeling anxious right now. Can you just, um, let me just put my thoughts together for a second. And you take a second and regroup. Can I tell you how happy that makes me? Because that lets me know what to do. Cause I don't want to steamroll. I don't want to overly go crazy, but if nobody's talking, then it's awkward silence. 
and that is my nightmare. And I need to get more used to that awkward silence for sure. But for introverts, I think even if you're not an extroverted type person or you don't like talking to people or you have anxiety around people, just know that extroverts do too, A, and B, extroverts, but we still generally like you. Like we're most likely going to like you. And that is you as you are. Like you don't have to be different in order. You don't have to run your business different or you don't have to meet people differently. I also really like listening to introverts explain like, okay, here's what to do when you're in a situation where you have to talk to another person. And they give you like tips and like walk you through the process because I'm like, oh, that's how it's supposed to happen. (laughs) Like, take a breath. Pause for a second. Ask an open-ended question. Like things that I should probably know, but because I'm just an awkward mess, I just kind of like, you know, go. And I don't really think about what I'm saying or doing in the moment. And an introvert has this beautiful way of pausing and and being like, I want to answer your question. Let me think about that for a second. And then like literally take a breath and I will wait like, as long as I'm not going anywhere or doing anything, I will wait as long as you need. Like take 30 seconds to find your composure. And then I'd love to talk to you about whatever, what literally whatever you have to say, I want to hear it. (laughs) Like no offense to anybody who's Jehovah Witnesses, but I would have the Jehovah's Witness come and visit me. (laughs) Like I wouldn't tell them that I'm not really interested, but because I was like, these people care about something and they're coming to my house and they want to talk to me about anything, really. I just was like, I'm going to hear them out. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not in that religion. I don't plan on switching into that religion. Although you never know. I don't know. I'm pretty open-minded, I guess. Ooh, we went into a re- direction where we're talking about religion. I don't know how I feel about that. But you know what? Let's. I'm going to head and open that can of worms because honestly, I think it's going to come up eventually. So... I had the Jehovah's Witness come to my house. I let the Jehovah's Witness come to my house far longer than I probably should have, honestly, because that's how extroverted I am. So that's mainly how I show up as an eight with a seven wing, as a business owner and as an artist. The two paintings that I have behind me, if you're watching, I I painted recently and I actually posted a video of me painting it and one thing that I learned from this piece which is my most recent piece um, these pieces was that this imposter syndrome that I'm struggling with really forces me to find out why I'm here because even though I've had this thought of like you shouldn't be doing any of this I haven't stopped doing it. I have a podcast. I am filming myself. I am painting. It hasn't stopped me yet. So there's something within me that's keeping me, driving me to do this. And what I realized when I was painting these paintings is that it really was always about showing love. And I know painting a painting is kind of a weird way to show love, but at the same time, it's me pulling all of my strengths and talents overcoming all of my challenges and trying, well, working on overcoming all of my challenges, trying to show up as the best person that I can possibly be in order 
to give that to other people in order to really show love because I know I feel love when I connect with another person even if I've never met them before you know it makes me feel like I'm less alone and that on some level helps me to feel love and so me authentically showing up as myself in the moment is a way for me to give my love to other people um I I don't really know how it works all I know is that one of the things I learned as I was painting this last painting I realized that I was showing up in this weird crazy way with all this messy color to present myself to the world and be like here here you go this is me I'm showing up for you totally imperfectly maybe it's impractical I worry that it's not enough I worry it's not enough to show you how much I love you or I know it's not enough to love everybody the way they they need to be loved in all situations. You can't get that from a painting or a person. But at the same time, it's all I can do to be a part of that love or to show my small responsibility amount of love that I can possibly show. And I think that's what has kept me to continue doing it even though I'm not really qualified (laughs) to do that. Because even if I'm not qualified to paint or talk or start a business or do all of these things that I'm doing, I am qualified to love somebody, you know, authentically. And even if that's imperfectly. And I think that's how... Um, my personality shows up in my artwork and I'd love to hear your thoughts. I appreciate people who stick around with me because I know I'm a lot. So I know that (laughs) I'm an intense person and if somebody is able to uh, still be friends with me after meeting me, I, I just really appreciate them. And I appreciate them when they tell me to chill out. And I appreciate them when they push pause on the podcast because I'm just too much to handle right now. Like, it's okay. I might be better in small doses and that would make all of the sense in the world. But um, anytime you did want to connect and and have a friend, I mean, that's I feel like that's what I'm here for. So that's what I love to do. And so you can always message me on social media at Heatherish, Heather Y I S H, and also visit my website, Heatherish.com. And I'll include links to all this stuff. And thank you for listening, my friend. We've done three episodes. I feel pretty good about that. I have no clue what my next episode is going to be about. I had this plan of recording a bunch in one day and then distributing them out over a month. However, I know that works for some people, but I think with what I'm doing, that might not work because I'm kind of documenting my process, so I kind of have to be in it. Like these paintings that I painted and I posted, I just did these. This is where I'm at right now, like this week. Uh, So I might have to change my schedule of the way that I do things, but either way, I'm here working through it. I'd love to hear what creative projects you're working on and give you some encouragement, so reach out to me. And I'll talk to you next time, next week, hopefully. Have a good one. Bye.
basically what my personality type looks like in my head is I'm Pinky and the Brain. Have you ever seen Pinky and the Brain from Animaniacs? If you like grew up in the 90s, you might have seen this cartoon. And basically, Pinky like comes up all happy-go-lucky and says, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today, Brian? I think he's Australian or something. <laughs> and Brain says, same thing we do every day, Pinky. Try and take over the world. And that is 100,000% <laughs> the thing that happens in my brain every day. My eight side wants to take over the world and like conquer. And my seven side just wants to have fun. And my eight side hates my seven side just as much as brain hates Pinky. So it's fun in there. It's a fun party happening in there. <clears throat> when I was a teacher, it was really nice to know the Enneagram because being around that many people and being in charge of instructing them and everything, I was able to speak to them the way that they needed in the moment. So if it was a two and I know that they came up and helped me or helped pass out the papers or something like that, because twos are all about it. Like they're the teacher's pets. They're so sweet. And so I would make sure I would say like, I appreciate you and make sure that that help that they did didn't go unnoticed, which Again, nobody wants to help and go unnoticed, and I, I feel that. But there's something about twos. They just like need that affirmation from another person verbally, verbal affirmation. Or um, if I was with a six and we were working on something or it was hard for them to do their homework, I'd be able to say, that's really responsible for you to do your homework. I know you're busy, and I just really appreciate you it means a lot you know like more than just like a grade you know if I knew somebody was really struggling with it then I would try to work with it that way so um the Enneagram is just really good for helping to work with people on some level I don't want it to seem like it is the end-all be-all and because I know like especially sixes because they're skeptical I know people don't like being reductive and simplifying something so complex as a personality with all the experiences that go into a personality to change the way a person thinks it, people don't like to simplify that and you know be like I'm a Leo and, and make it that superficial surface level. I just think they do that in astrology a lot. People people don't like being reductive. and Because it, it kind of dismisses the individuality of a person and the experiences of a person, which is nothing that I would want to do. I think, though, there is some place for it. So, I don't know. You tell me. What is your type? Do you know? Careful of tests out there. They're not always 100% accurate. Like I said, it's best to talk to somebody who knows how to type people. But um, I would love to know your Enneagram type. I would love to hear how it shows up in your creative process and your life. Or tell me I'm crazy. <laughs> this was stupid. <laughs> That's fine too. 